You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. Going on to uh, the second part of our generous series. So if you're, if you're new here today, we want to welcome you. And if you are listening to our podcast, we want to thank you for tuning in and uh, being a part of, of, of uh, worshiping God with us. Uh, this morning, we're going to be talking about what we call the three M's. Have you noticed that there are some, some good things that come in threes? Anyone ever notice that? For example, uh, how about the three stooges? All right? Where would we be in life without the three stooges? Where would we be without the three musketeers? All right? And of course, you can't, you, life wouldn't be the same without the three amigos. Right? And then you'd never be able to stay alive without these guys. You're going nowhere. The Bee Gees. And then every group has at least three of these. Where would we be without the good, the bad, and the ugly? So there are things in our lives that come in threes that, that they really make an impact on us. And all kidding aside, where would we be without the Godhead? God is revealed to us in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it is so infinitely great, that, 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 uh, that revelation of, of God to us, that we're going to have all eternity to begin to understand it. I can't explain the Trinity right now, uh, but where would we be without the Father sending the only begotten Son to save our souls? And because of the only begotten son, he said, I will not leave you as orphans. After I die on the cross and I'm raised from the dead, I won't leave you as orphans, but I will leave the comforter, the helper, who is the Holy Spirit, to, to guide us and direct us in our lives. So we are indebted to how good our God is. And so here at LWC, we have, uh, we call it the three M's. And we're going to talk about the three M's today and see how vital that they are to the work of God. We're talking about being generous in this series. And, uh, you know, thank God for your generosity. Last week, uh, we had our Big Give Sunday, and a little bit over 11,000 came in for, for us to begin to move forward. I think we can give God a hand for that. that I think that's pretty awesome. Um, so we've got four different purposes. Last week we talked about investing into our children 
And what we're doing is putting a playground out here so the, the children will have a place to, to come and, and, and enjoy and have fun. Here's a question that I have for you. Is it okay to have fun in church? I think that Jesus was the funnest guy to be around that you could ever imagine because everyone flocked to him except for who? Who were the ones that never went to him? The religious people, the Pharisees, the sad, you see. And some of us are sad, you see, too much. Sad, you see. And God wants us to have fun. He wants our children to understand that church is about having a great time in Christ and, and, and being able to enjoy that. And so we, we, we put a big, big dent in, in, in where we're going with, with the playgrounds, um, I, we're looking at playgrounds, and, and to get an industrial playground, it's cost about from twelve dollars to $15,000. I didn't know that. So it's mucho dinero for, for that. But you know what? God is faithful. He's going to meet us where we, where we need to be met. He always does. And through our faithfulness, together, we can, we can do it. Amen? Amen? So today we're talking about the three M's. And, and what do the three M's stand for? Well, the first M stands for missions. Missions. And there is a lot of ways to be generous throughout our lives. But there is only one way that we can be generous eternally. Amen? There are a lot of ways that you can be generous. In fact, some of us have been generous in a lot of ways. How many of you have ever been generous to somebody that's going through a difficult time and you help them with their electricity bill? Anyone ever, anyone ever just help someone? The church is continuously uh, our change for change offering that we collect every month goes to help people with their utility bills. So sometimes people need help with their electric bill. And, and what, that, what that does, when you help them, it enables them to keep the light on. Kind of like Motel 6. We'll keep the light on for you, baby. And so, but when you think about that generosity uh, in keeping the light on, I don't even know if it's Motel 6, by the way. It might be someone else. But what, when, you, when you grab a hold of the fact that when you pay someone's electricity bill, is it an eternal payment? No, because next month, guess what? That bill comes in. And so we, we look at that. It's a temporary, it's a temporary uh, uh, help, and it's, and it's wonderful. People love it. How many have had someone, and you've helped them with their gas bill? And usually the gas runs the heat and the stove. And, and so have you ever, let's put it another way. You have to raise your hand here. But have you ever needed help with your gas bill? Anyone ever been in a, in a place in your life and, and you just needed that? And then you're saying, thank you, Jesus. I got, I got, I got gas for another month. And gas, not because you had too many beans, but gas, right? Can you say that in church? <laughs> I just did, huh? And so the reality is that, that, that you, you keep someone's gas on temporarily. How many have been, have been uh, uh, helped someone that's hungry? Huh? You, just, you just help someone and, and, and you feed them, and, and, but you find out that tomorrow, guess what? They, they're hungry again. They, they still need to eat. So that's temporary. But what about an eternal investment when we're generous for missions you know jesus said 
he said this. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Go and make disciples of all nations. And I, and I was thinking about just those three, those three words. Go, disciples, or, or let's go back. Go, make, and nations. Right? And I started thinking about what, what goes along with that. What goes along with going? You have to initiate. Amen? When you go somewhere, don't you have to initiate? You have to get up and move? So when we think about going somewhere, when, we, when Jesus says go, we have to initiate something. Amen? And then make. How do you make something? When you're making something, isn't it progressive? If you make a cake, don't you start out with eggs and flour and you and then progressively you move and and that, notice how I stopped with two items because that's all I know right there with a cake but whatever you do when you're making something it's progressive progressively you're moving in a direction you're you're going somewhere and then he says nations and the word that I thought about I was sitting just uh, yesterday and I was go and make disciples of all nations when you think about nations, doesn't it think about, doesn't it make you kind of look at um, uh, investing in a lot of people? Investing in your neighbors. Investing in your coworkers. Investing in other communities. How many of, are you, how many of you in here are from Oracle? Just raise your hand. How many of you aren't from Oracle? Ain't that cool? More than half of the people that are here in this service are not from this community. It takes an investment. It takes you going beyond your location. It takes progressively moving people forward. In the last six years, by the grace of God, we baptized almost, two, almost 300 people. You know that? <laughs> by the grace of God. We're going to be baptizing a young lady next, next Sunday, or I'm sorry, uh, on the 20th. And she came and met with me this week and talked about how God has been changing her heart. From the inside out. You know, only Jesus does that. But there has to be that initiative. There's got to be that, that, that desire to, to move forward, to, to progressively make people different than what we used to be. And God is in the, in the, in the business of making us different than what we used to be when he found us in our state of hopelessness and brokenness. And then there's an investment. God invested everything he had. God, the Father, bankrupted heaven when he sent his son to the earth. He didn't give us second best. He gave us the best. 
And it tells me that I am worthy of something. I am worthy of the investment of God. God invested into this vessel right here because he loved me so much. Now, you can put that into your own, into your own life. That God cared about you so much. He invested the very best. And then you take it and you say, are people in my community and beyond worthy of our investment? It's one thing to keep the lights on for... um, it's one thing to keep the lights on in someone's life temporarily, but it's another thing to share the light of Christ with them so that they can have an eternal light forever. Let me finish this scripture right here. It says, he said, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. That's a command. And then you baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And you teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And then he gives a promise. He says, surely I am with you to the very end. Hold on to that. Put that in your pocket or put that in your heart. Jesus told his disciples, truly I tell you, because Jesus only speaks truth, amen? Amen. Truly, I tell you, I am with you to the end. To the end of whatever you're going through, whatever circumstance you're in, whether you're in a high time or a low time. I've been able to be a part of people's lives through their high times, and I've been able to be a part of people's lives through their very lowest. I've had people be a part of my life in my highest times. And I've had people invest into my life at my lowest. And the one who's been constant in my life has been Jesus. Jesus, he never leaves us. And he never forsakes us. I'll never forget talking to a pastor, uh, Patty Mosaki. Spent some time with him. He's got a big ministry in Africa. He came and spent some time with us. He believes God still heals today. Because he witnesses it all the time over there. He has... Nothing else to lose but to believe that Jesus is alive and well. In a place where that's deserted, in a place where they're limited in medical care, they're limited in, 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 uh, in, in uh, uh, mental wellness, they don't have hospitals like they do, so he, he chooses to believe that the Bible is true and that, that there's a God that came 
and that people, when they struggled in their minds, that there was demonic influence. So he, he dares to believe that if he goes and if he prays over them, that there will be the evil spirits that will come out and they'll be set free. And he sees miracles constantly. In fact, he came to the States one day, one time, spent some time uh, in California, and then he went on to, to uh, Wyoming, and I got a call from a dear friend, and they said, you wouldn't believe what happened in the services. Things were just going on that Americans are not used to, because he dares to believe that the Bible is true. And so we talked one time. We went to Phoenix, and we were amongst a bunch of pastors, and as we were driving, he said to me, he said, you cannot put a price on a human soul. $10,000, too low. $50,000 on a soul, too low. $100,000, a million dollars, a billion dollars, a soul is worth more than that to God. You see, you are worth everything to God. And so is our neighbor. So is that person at work that just drives you nuts. So is your honey bunny when you don't call him honey bunny. Amen? Some of you newlyweds, you'll know what I mean in about a couple weeks. You know, we're preparing to go to the Copper Corridor and plant another church. And it's not if we're going. It's not when we're going. Right now, it's where are we going? If we're going, we're going. Not to take people from churches, but to get people that are not, aren't in churches. It's not uh, when we're going, because we're going to launch, Lord willing, next Christmas. Christmas Eve will be our first service in, in that area, Kearney or Winkleman, or wherever God opens up that door, which I have meetings this week with people. How much money are those souls worth to God? Everything. Amen? Can I say this? When we go, we go with the providence of God. When we go, we go together. And we allow the Lord to move us out. When God sends, he provides. When Jesus said, go and make disciples, do you think the disciples ever needed? Anyone, any, any kind of response? Did, did they need? No. God met every single one of them where they needed to be met. Amen?
It's one thing to turn the light on in someone's house, but it's another thing to allow Christ to turn the light on in a person's soul. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't walk in darkness. Because you'll have the light that leads to life. How many of us in here have had the light turned on in our soul? Don't you love this Christmas tree? This is a representation of what God does inside of us. He shines his light bright. Every single person in here that follows Jesus, you are the light in the darkness. Amen? You are a walking Christmas tree. So the Great Commission is worth our investment. You know, um, it's one thing to turn on the gas. It's, it's one thing. We, 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 are, we are investing. I mean, I, I'm just always floored at, at, your, at, at our, your faithfulness. Our faithfulness together. Look at all these blankets. I was looking at this one when we were worshiping. This one's got a beanie with it. Scarves, gloves, and we're going to take these to people in different towns. And we've got many more. How many of you know that people in this time in our society have cold hearts because of all the yuckiness going on around us? One of my relatives in, in, in L.A. on Facebook was putting how that San Bernardino incident completely has changed her outlook on life. Where you can't even go to the mall and feel safe anymore. You can't go anywhere because there's so much darkness around us. Amen? Let me, let me just tell you something. God doesn't go kill people. God came to this earth to die for people so that we could have life. It's a little bit of information and theology for you to grab a hold of. God doesn't go kill people. God restores people. And God doesn't want us to live in fear. He wants us to walk by faith. The Bible says because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most is going to grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Anyone seen some coldness around you? We are the warmth of God to the hearts that are cold. In fact, I believe that God wants us he desires for us to go and bring the warmth of Jesus this Christmas to people around you that their hearts are so cold, they're so hard, that only God can penetrate and permeate their lives and change them for his glory. Amen? The second, the second uh, M, and I'm running out of time, but who cares about time, right? 
The second M is media. I don't know if you've noticed, but we live in an age of information and technology. Pastor, how do you, why do you say that? Because I was, yesterday we were, and if you're non-hunters in here, forgive me. I love to hunt. We were in the mountains and we were, we were hunting, me and my son and, and Benny. I had the Silvas with us and it was fantastic. And we were out there and we were glassing and, I, and we glassed up this buck. And anyone that hunts goes like this, really? And so I'm glassing, and my son was at another mountain, and he had the tag, and, and so I'm glassing, and I'm texting him, get over here. Get over here. And so he says, why? I got a buck bedded. So he says, uh, okay, I'll be right there. So he got, gets there. So now I'm behind the glasses. He's, he's getting ready to harvest the deer. And, uh, and so I'm still behind the glasses with a tripod, and I'm texting. I've got a group text going on to my wife, to my son-in-law, to my daughter, to my other son. He's getting ready to shoot. <laughs> to Kenny... And then, so, and so we're doing all this. Think about, we live in, when did that happen before? The Bible says that at the end of time, many will go back and forth and, and knowledge is going to continue to increase. And, and I don't believe that this passage in Daniel is predicting the internet. But I do believe that God shows us in this, in this uh, passage right here, if you look at the surrounding context, it, it's, it's showing us that, um, that there's going to be a great knowledge in the scriptures and there's going to be knowledge that the world never saw before. Amen? Why do I say that? Because there was a time, a hundred years ago, that people didn't have the Bible in their own language. A hundred years ago, if you went to a church service, they would speak in a language that you didn't know. Amen? You go back to the 1500s when, when the Reformation came about. Martin Luther brought a Reformation so that the Bible was translated in a language understandable to the common person. And since that time, since that time, it has increased, it has increased to the point that you have, you have the Bible on your, on your phone. You have your Bible on your, on your tablet. There are over 7 billion people in the world. I, I went to a site. I, w- I wanted for uh, Christy to have set it up, but I thought it would be too hard. But you can go to a site, and you can look at how many people are in the world. And there's a site that measures the people that are being born and the people that are dying, and they're just going like this. Boom, boom, boom. And it's telling you the number of people that are in the world, over 7 billion people in the world, and more than 3 billion of these people are using the Internet every day. Four out of ten. Now, here's my question to you. 
Do you, some of you that are saying, I don't like the internet. I don't like technology. I don't like this. Seven billion people. And four out of ten of them are online. And can I tell you, there's a lot of garbage online. But there are good things online. If you're listening to the podcast this week, praise Jesus that you're not tuned in to something that's going to bring you harm in your soul. I was, with a, I was with a millennial this week, or two weeks ago, I was with a millennial. We were cruising. He says, you don't understand the pressure that I have. I don't have my phone because of this. Because of this device. My small group's doing a, a study right now from Craig Rochelle called Struggles, and it talks about the struggles that people are having because of this device. Throw me my phone real quick if you don't mind. You see, this device, which who has a, anyone have a phone in here? Anyone have a phone? Yeah. This device can bring God glory or it can give the devil glory. Here's my question to you. Do you think that the apostle Paul would have used the internet to forward the gospel? This is what he said. He said, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. When I'm, when I'm with Jews, I live like Jews to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who, who follow the Jewish law, I too lived under the law, even though I am not subject to the law. I did this so I could bring to Christ, or I could bring Christ to those who are under the law. When I am with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from the law so I can bring them to Christ, but I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. When I am those who are weak, I share their weakness, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share its blessings. I'll do anything that I can I'll leverage anything. Can I tell you that technology, you can leverage it for the glory of God. We've had a podcast. That person getting baptized in, on the 20th, the way that she found Christ, the way that she began to grow was by listening to the podcast before she ever came. There are people sitting in this service that they never entered the church building until they heard the podcast. And after Weeks and months, they said, I'm going to step into that building. I want to see what's happening there. We're going to move from a podcast to a video cast so that they can see the, the sermons on video. Because I think people just engage better, right? They want to see when there's a guest speaker or, or me up here, and they just want to see the emotions. The last thing that I have here is, and I'm, I'm going to go really fast on this one. The third M is maintenance. Maintenance. 
The Bible tells a story of a master who, who gave talents or, or, or financial help to some of his servants. And then when he returns, he asks them, what did you do with what I gave you? How many of you believe that God has given us a lot of blessings on this campus? How many of you would like to sit on the floor? Or you rather have seats? Amen? How, how many, there's, peop, there's churches where they don't have seats. They sit on dirt, dirt, dirt floors. God is, I would say God has blessed us, amen? We've got lights, we've got lighting, we've got monitors. So, so he, he, he says, uh, Jesus tells the story, the master, he, he, he says uh, to, to his servants, you know, what did you do with the money? And, and, and he who had received five talents, he came forward and he brought five more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents here. I have made five talents more. And his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. In other words, he said, not only did you give me this, not only did, did, did you bless me, but I... I, I, I'm bringing you more because I invested my time into this that you blessed me with, and I'm bringing you the fruit of it. Amen? He gave him talent. He gave him an ability. He gave you giftings. He gave us chairs. Why did he give us chairs? God gave them to us. Amen? Why did he give us chairs? Well, let me help you. So people can sit on them. Oh, pastor, you're so wise, old toothless one. Why did he give us a parking lot? So people could park there. Why did he give you a mouth? Besides to kiss your honey bunny. Besides so you can go eat. Lunchtime. But to speak blessings into people's lives and to invite them to sit next to you in church. I always tell my kids, this is a slogan that I live by, I try to live by it, don't put off for tomorrow what you can do today. That's part of being a maintenance-minded individual. Don't put off for tomorrow. Don't add something to your plate tomorrow if you can take it off of your plate today. Amen? You ever heard someone say, I'll do it tomorrow. Ma mañana. The problem sometimes is mañana never comes. Amen? So we, um, we have ACs, we have furnaces, we've been replacing, but with, with your generosity, by God's grace, we've been replacing our ACs, our, our, our um, gas uh, furnaces into electric furnaces, and, and we have to continually be maintaining things. 
And I think that's why Jesus, uh, I mean, why Paul said, uh, he said, I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. Listen to his words. I've been an example. I'm not just telling you because discipleship is not always taught. It's caught. People have to see that you're doing it, and then they catch it. He said, I've been an example. How you can help those in need by working hard. And then he goes on, he says, you should remember the words of our Lord. And he said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Can you say that with me? It is more blessed to give than to receive. In our, in our time, it's more blessed to give our time than to always be receiving people's times. Can I tell you, after, you, after people are receiving your time, you know, I need time, I need time, then you get heavy on them. It's good, to re, it's good for you to give them your time and listen to them. It's good for us to give our talents away, to bless people with our talents, with our gifting. Instead of always being blessed by someone's talent, you bless them with the gift God gave you. And it's also a blessing. And children, youth, high school kids, you need to hear this. It's always a good thing for you to give some of your money back instead of always going. I read someone's shirt. They said, I'm not your ATM. Right? A dad to the son, to the daughter. I'm not your ATM. Give me, give me. It's good for us to invest. People are worthy of our investment. No pressure. No pressure. God doesn't need our money. God desires our hearts. Where our hearts are is where God's treasures will be if he's there. Amen? And we invest into God's glory. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for revealing to us the importance of your mission. Jesus, you said go. Go and make disciples, and we are honored to play a part in your commission. We also thank you for directing us to invest into any avenue that will connect people to Christ. We understand that technology and media are just tools in your hand. To bring people to Jesus. Thank you for also providing us with a great campus, which is filled with wonderful blessings from you. Like our AC, our heat, our sound, our chairs, and other things that we sometimes take for granted. So we choose to invest generously so that we can maintain what you've provided so that our campus will reflect a place which welcomes people with the love of Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information. Thank you.